Hey everybody, before we get started today, we have some vital news for Apple Podcast listeners. In case you haven't heard, Apple recently did another update. This update kicked a lot of our followers off the show and paused notifications for new episodes. It even happened to some of our own team members, so you definitely want to check out your settings. To see if this happened to you, open your podcast app, search for the 200% Life, and select the show page. In the top right corner, you may see either a follow button or a pause symbol. Tap either one of those to make sure you are following the show and getting new downloads. This really helps you by making sure new episodes show up in your feed so you never miss an episode. It also makes sure new episodes are downloaded to your phone so you can listen to them when you're not connected to Wi-Fi. It's also really helpful to us. When you follow the show, the algorithm helps us spread the 200% life philosophy to new listeners. This is true for other platforms as well. So while you're at it, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or another favorite platform, please be sure to hit the follow, subscribe, or like button. This helps us reach new listeners and teach them how to use business as a conduit for their personal growth. And as always, we'd love to hear any questions you'd like us to cover on the show. Maybe it's a situation you're struggling with personally or a topic you think would be helpful to a friend. You can drop your questions in the Q&A box in the show notes on Spotify or you can email us at hello at adamhergenrother.com. And don't forget to turn on your notifications to be alerted when we cover them. Welcome to the 200% Life Podcast with Adam Hergenrother and Caitlin Frotlin, where we bring you weekly insights into spiritual growth and business success. For those of you listening on Spotify, we're testing out a new Q&A feature and would love to know what questions you have or topics you'd like us to address. Drop your questions in the Q&A box below the show notes and we'll weave them into the podcast and answer it. You know, the beauty about questions are too, is, I mean, one of the most um, sold spiritual books was written purely based on questions that people asked. Right now. Power now, yeah. right? I mean, it's literally, it's not even, a, it's just a book of questions, which yeah. is wonderful, by the way, and it's very helpful. But it's always when you're asked, I remember early on in my business career, I had um, uh, one of my mentors say, go do a radio show. This is way back in, and people would ask you because you're going to say things you didn't even know you could say. And they weren't even saying it from a spiritual teacher. They are saying it from that, that, that realm. And I remember being live on the radio. I did, a, I did live radio episodes twice a week, actually, for, for, um, for years. I mean, I was on, man, I forgot about that, but yeah, I was on, I did live radio every Monday. Then I did a radio show. I did live radio every Monday for probably six or seven years or eight years. And then I would do it then, uh, during that period of time. I also for like two years, tried out a whole radio show where people could call in. And so we were purely live with all these listeners and, um, man, you would say things. That's when I first started learning. This was early 2010s. Uh, yeah, 2010, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in that range, 14, 15, into there where you just, you, you start, you, you would say things that you didn't know you could even, that just would come to you. That's the beauty about podcasts, by the way. And not just for spiritual or business, it's just anything, right? Like people ask really good insights and good questions. You have that in, engaged conversation that you wouldn't just sit down and be able to do it. Um, you know, Michael Singer might be one of the only ones that just sits down and just starts talking, right? Like, and it's just like, it, it's though I would still love to be able to ask him a bunch of questions on that because I think he'd pull more things out. Um, but yeah, it's just really interesting about, so that's why we love having questions because it engages, Caitlin can read them, I can read them, and it engages in a different way of, of what people are thinking about. Well, you know, last time we we talked about, um, you know, the uh, inspired thought versus egoic thought. One comment I just had on there was just, as if you didn't listen to that episode, you should go back and listen to it. Um, about 
inspired thought really, or any thought is just a, it's this vessel that carries information that you can see that you as a conscious in there. And so we use the word thought really inspired thought is more right action in the right moment, but there is still a mechanism that drops what you see in the moment. It's almost like we're all of them merged together. It's like you're in the moment. You're not in the mind. You're you as conscious as paying attention to the moment in front of you. You're engaged in conversation or, or whatever you're doing in that flow state. The, the mechanism for dropping information or how you see it in there just spontaneously shows up, which then spontaneously gives you the, the ability to take the action based on that. And that is meeting the moment, right? Isn't that the way of doing it? It's just where the, everything merges right there. And it's just so, it's such a beautiful moment because there is no, how's this thought going to come about? How is this going to be previewed? Previewed is even a word. <laughs> Whatever is is like, how is this going to be? Um, you know, how are people going to think about this? It's just boom, you're saying it, right, right? Right. It's just you're in you're in the moment doing it. And again, you could this could be in business. This could be in your personal life. This could be in you know maybe in the first time that somebody says I love you and you were expecting, it, and all of a sudden you're like I love you back, and you're like whoa, I just said that type <laughs> thing. Like it's just there, and and you no, know, it just it's again, it's where everything meets. And yet nothing's distracted from itself. Yeah, that's amazing. It reminds me of like just having a really amazing conversation with somebody and the conversation becomes larger than the people involved and like the wisdom that comes from it. Sometimes you're like, just like. Solve the world's problems, (laughs) right? Yes. Yeah. And it's clearly not, nobody came into the conversation with that intent, but something beautiful blossomed from it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, exactly right. And I think a lot of really amazing, um, writers like Rumi, right. Who have such wonderful poems. I think they're really, or, or artists that paint or draw are just drawing. Like they're just in that moment. It's just a, it's like first manifested in the, you know, it's, it's in the, you first have to see it somehow. So, right, either you're trying to convey it in your mind or it just drops in. Somehow it drops in though, right? I don't know how it's a word or word to use. It's there and then it's in there, but you're not going, okay, dropped in. Wonder what Caitlin's going to think about this or how is this going to be reviewed? It's just, it's just you're in the moment. It's that spontaneous moment, which is, which is beautiful. You know, we're, we're going to drop into spirituality 101 still versus uh, I think one of the other biggest topics that I get asked about on other people's podcasts Last, you know, last one, it was about inspired thought, egoic thought, really that comes down to how do I know this is the path that I'm supposed to be on? That's really what people want to know. The next one is, is probably not as popular as that, but it's the spiritual heart versus personal heart. Well, I think this one I'm really excited about because I think when you start relaxing and releasing and you start to become aware of the energy in your body and how it actually moves through you, then there's like this emotional component, but then you're aware that there's this like other energy happening in your body that isn't a tie to your emotions. Yes. And if you do like a relax and release and you feel it, I mean, this is going to sound kind of yeah. woo, but you feel the energy yes. transmute. Yes, like you, do. you feel it go from this like hard kind of intense energy. You sit with it, even though you don't want to more than anything in the world. But then it's like this kind of like wave mm-hmm. of wonderful joy or not even joy joys almost feels like too much but it just feels totally different it transforms yes peaceful yes and so then it's like whoa there's this energy that isn't doesn't revolve around just how i feel there's something else in there and so yeah then i think the next question is like what is there's obviously something else going on in here what's the difference between my personal heart and this heart 
that can feel this gentle peacefulness. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's very well said. You are in thought there. You were just talking. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I think the, well, first we use the physical heart. Let's just start with that, right? The physical heart is actually pumps blood. Um, it's, you know, what's funny about the spirit, the person, the actual physical heart too, is one could say, I always think about like being selfish is a good thing. Um, and I always use this as an example, um, being selfish in the good ways, uh, giving yourself space, time, whatever those things. But the, the horror itself actually consumes, I think, 80 to 85% of the most rich nutrient oxygen that's in the body. And it takes it all in for itself. But so one on the, on the, on one onset, if you just looked at that alone and say, well, the heart is very selfish, it takes it. But then what it does is it takes it and distributes it to the most important areas the body needs at that moment. And so that's why it was, that's why it holds it as a way of going, okay, the brain needs it. No, you're running away from a lion that needs it. Right. And just, it is, it's giving its information, the most rich nutrient blood in order to keep your body going based on the moment that's around it. It's kind of neat. But the physical heart, again, keeps your physical body kind of moving. It's, it's funny. The other, uh, the other day, my, um, my daughter, uh, well, Sarah, my daughter usually comes into our bed, my youngest one, uh, still. And, um, my other two, my son did for a little while and then he never really did. And I just put him in the bed and he's pretty good. My oldest daughter did for a little while, maybe to like six or seven. And then it was there, but my oldest, my youngest daughter is seven. Anyways, she, um, typically comes in our bed and, and Sarah woke up, uh, she fallen asleep in Maddie's bed. Who's Maddie's my youngest. And then she woke up and Maddie wasn't in there. And she goes, oh, she must've come into our bed. And so she comes into our bed and she's not there. And so she's like, what? And she said, instantaneously, my heart dropped. Mm. And she was like, and, and she's like, she walks downstairs and Maddie's not worse. And she's like, and she's like, now my heart is dropping further. Right. She's like, I'm in like almost freak out mode. She goes upstairs. She looks in Sienna's room, my oldest daughter. She's not in there. She goes back in our room, looks and she's not anywhere. She's not in the bathrooms. So at this point, she's like, I'm in full like heart mode drop, right? And she walks into my son's room and Maddie's snuggled up against our son. Like for Aww. the first time like ever, she must've been sleeping. I don't know how like or why she did it. But I bring this story up because Sarah was literally, she's like, my heart dropped. Yeah. And so again, that's not your physical heart. The heart was still actually, if anything, it was pumping more blood, right? So it was actually, the heart didn't go anywhere. What you're really saying is that kind of personal heart energy dropped from situations so the situation was happening in a way of going like holy shit like there is a there could be a potential really big problem here my daughter could be missing and so you start blocking off because you don't like the situation you don't like how this could go where this could lead to and you start blocking off the um well i guess this is just keep it from this way you instantly just energy shuts off right the energy shuts off and you feel like you're like my heart dropped right it didn't actually go anywhere so the physical heart pumps that your, your heart doesn't actually go anywhere. This personal heart is really like I, the way I kind of think about this and you can jump in is more of like situational. Um, and it's more about based on things that are happening outside of how you feel those different things. Um, so in, in my experience, it's been like, if somebody says like, I love you, somebody saying, I love you, turned you on and you feel this personal heart kind of move, uh, if you will, or situations where like this, your personal heart drops out and it starts to be removed, the energy of the situation itself. But as you started to say so eloquently earlier, the more deeper you get back, you realize there's situational emotions that go up and down that can fill the heart, that can take away the heart, that can move the heart. And then, you know, thoughts and emotions can be all part of that whole personal heart as well too. And then there's this whole other on the other side of this, way deeper back, there's this pure energy 
that is just filling you regardless of what's happening outside. And it, again, it doesn't happen all the time. And you can merge the two together, by the way. That's where the transmutation comes. It's like the, that energy, it's still the same energy. One, you're just kind of bifurcating. And, and if you take that situation and you relax, like all that emotion starts coming up and you relax and actually let go, that energy can be transmuted into feeling something different. But the, the, the spiritual or the, the spiritual heart, if you will, is like this pure energy that's just sits there like a reservoir that's coming up behind there. You look like you were going to say something. Yeah. Well, no, I was just thinking for a long time, I just assumed that the positive feelings, so feeling love, yeah. joy that was caused by situations or external circumstances. Like growing up, I went to church and you'd hear a lot about love yeah. and whatnot. And I just assumed that that love that I would feel when I was happy was the love that they were talking about. But now it's following and learning about all these other spiritual teachings and seeing what so many different um, religions and faiths and everything are pointing to at a deeper level. It feels like it's pointing towards a deeper love, which is that spiritual heart. And so, yeah, I guess at first it just felt confusing because mm -hmm. it just felt like positive things were spiritual things, but it's like actually this deeper layer underneath that. That's not, that's always, it's always positive or it's always yeah. there and it's just not affected by anything. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's this, it's the interesting thing is it's the same energy that you feel just one is situational and it's, it would be like, um, like, raindrops are still water, right? They're just being displaced and, and kind of brought in a different carrier way of dropping on the ground. Whereas a body of the ocean sits in is a different form of it in itself. It's kind of like the energy of the events that happen outside, um, are, are like, we're deciding, I think of like the personal heart is like what we decide to open up and what we decide to close. That's really kind of what the personal heart is doing which is like, I like this, I don't like this, and it's closing off the energy. It's kind of how I think of like the, that's why I say it's like situational. It's really the same energy though. What you feel is just, so when you get behind the personal heart though, you start to realize that I can get what I'm trying to look for from the, like if I want to avoid a situation that I don't want to be in, I, and I, that happens, I feel great, right? You feel uplifting. Well, that is the spiritual heart can deliver that through whatever means is delivering it through on an everyday basis, regardless of what's happening on the situational side. So it's almost as if we're describing the personal heart as um, you're, it's almost like they're the same, but the personal heart description is situational flows of energy. So when I get what I want, I feel, if you win megabucks, like you're probably going to feel this instant rush of joy and energy that can be felt from the spiritual heart delivering that at all times. And so it's like this, the, the personal, the, the physical heart, then you have this personal heart that again is more situational, which is what most people play with. And so most people confuse that though, thinking that that is like their, that's who they are or that's their, that's their guiding post. And all that is, is more psyche, egoic centered emotions based on getting what you want or avoiding what you don't want based on situational things that are happening outside. And then you're regulating how the personal heart opens or doesn't open. In the majority of the time, I don't know if most people know how to even open it, but you know how to close it, right? You know how to close it instantly. Whereas the spiritual heart just stays open. It's just always there. And it's just, and, it's, and when you have that level of spiritual heart, 
the emotions can still go there. You can feel the deep emotions from somebody that's dying or a pet that gets hurt or, you know, losing money. It's all situational and you can feel that. But as you started saying in the beginning, you start to feel that emotion come in there. And if you stay committed to the spiritual heart, instead of closing it off, trying to then fix the situation outside so you feel better, it transmutes it. So it almost get merges in with the other flow of the river, just like the rain will eventually merge with the ocean again, or the rivers will flow directly into it. And one of the, the most beautiful poems in there at the end of it, it's like all of the rivers and uh, streams will flow effortlessly into the ocean, leaving the ocean untouched as it found uninterrupted, right? And it's basically saying that's all the senses in the world pour into you as the yogi, just like all of the rivers and the streams and the lakes pour into the ocean, leaving it untouched. And it's the same thing. All of the personal hearts, ups and downs can you allow it to flow into you, almost merging with a bigger stream of personal, uh, the spiritual heart, leaving you untouched. You're just there purely experiencing it. It's just giving you the ability to literally be untouched and, un and unwavering. It's like you're a sojourner. It's just kind of like moving in the midst of the quality of nature, of just allowing it to do its dance. And instead of when it does its life does its dance, you're not then personally getting and trying to manipulate the energy flow so it comes in there. And that's what I really think people are referring to when they talk about the personal heart is how do I personally get myself to feel better using the external world and I'm calling that my heart because when I get what I want, I feel really good. When I don't get what I want, like, or all of a sudden I'm in a situation like with Maddie um, and like my heart drops um, and I'm not getting what I want or I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that. And then again, she was completely relieved the minute she saw she was there. So it's like situational from there instead of always focusing on this vastness. Of, you know, what is, um, uh, there's a line, it's like, is it Yogananda that says this where, He's like, find the river of joy that's within you, yeah. go down to it. And it's like, it's like, find the river of joy that's in you. And then it, I think it extends and basically says, it's like a spring that's coming up into a pond. Dive in, find the spring and get lost in it. Right. And that's kind of how I see it. It's like the spiritual heart is the spring that's constantly flowing. But just right now, how we're accessing it is kind of using the personal heart to turn it off and on. Yeah. I I'm going to ask a question. I don't know if it's going to make total sense, but I'm going to do it, do it anyway. But so I sometimes feels like when the personal heart is activated and is closing or whatnot, it's almost like a reminder to stay open so yes. that you, it's almost like the personal heart is pointing towards the spiritual heart. And yes. I think that's what you're describing when you say it's like they merge yes. together, yeah. but it's like, when the personal heart is activated, it's almost saying like, "Hey, you're you're not open yes, right now." Yes, that's exactly right. That's a very well. That's exactly that's exactly what it's doing, right? It's it's almost giving you a hint of, "Hey, there's still work to do in here," and you're feeling this situation. Don't don't close. And then, what I think is kind of incredible too is it's like Michael Singer talks about. Um, then when your personal heart gets hit, you get to a point where it's like, "Oh, bring it on!" Bring it on because. Yes. And before I was thinking about, oh, bring it on as in a way like, okay, yeah, I got work to do. Now I got to keep doing it. But if it's like the personal heart is hit and then it's pointing to the, you to the spiritual heart, it's actually like you're thankful for it because then you can open up to the spiritual heart and start to feel that joy, peace more. And he described it in a recent talk too. He said it was just like the spiritual heart was gentle, which I found really comforting because I think there's these ideas of, 
um, spiritual energy as being like overpowering, yeah. you know, and um, you you hear stories about people, you know, who have had energy that's overpowering, but it's like that it is the river joy. And I guess this is a question: Is the river joy that flows through you? Can it just be this like gentle, peaceful river of joy, not this like raging river where you're gonna lose yourself? You well, I think you answered your question earlier when you said it was like you were trying to use like you were you wanted to say like hide joy or happiness and you said that's not really the right word it's mm. more peaceful that's really you just kind of fall in this it's like peace because it, it's just very settling it's like a very you're a very undisturbed state and it just and it feels high but it doesn't feel high like people would think about using and manipulating the world to feel high it just feels better like you just feel overall like joyful like happy love like the different not personal love like you just you're just wow like in an amazement of what it is because you're being fed from within now it you know and at least for me it doesn't always stay that way and it's then i go right back into at times of you know of struggling with the personal heart too as well of like man i like i just don't want to stay open right now and like you know it like it's like comes in there and it's like man it's gonna take everything i have to keep this thing open right now because i do not want to stay open right like it just it feels good to want to close down that's that that's that pattern that you've that we've all built for our entire lives but that's the that's the deep work that is the deep work that's why in the 200 percent life that's why we, we modeled that way which is it's not about hiding it's not about meditating on a mountaintop somewhere. It's not even about, you know, trying to tell everybody how cool it is to get in a meditation and what states you can go into. I'm, I'm sure a lot of us can go into those meditative states and feel nothing but bliss, right? In fact, almost every time I meditate, I can get into that state and it feels wonderful. It's about how do you, how can you bring that into the world, right? And that's the whole point of, I think we're in this stage now of evolution, which is, okay, we've figured it out how to do that, like on our own. Like, how do you bring that into the world? How do you still enter? How do you be in the world, but not of it? Right. Somebody said that much better than I did. Right. So it's like, that's really the kind of like you allow the personal heart. It's like an open flap. You just never shut the door on it. And if you just don't ever shut the door again, it'll, it'll leave you untouched because it'll come in and it'll come out just like every emotion always has. And so you just begin to just relax, release and act, which is the emotion comes in. You're dealing with the emotion. If every event feels completely different. Again, the analogy is always so easy that it's just been ingrained in my mind because I heard it so many times from Michael, which is the rattlesnake and the butterfly. I mean, they feel completely different. They're two totally different experiences. I like to always use like making money and losing money feel completely different, right? Having ample money in your bank account to figure out how to make payroll feel is two different things you have to feel. But when both of those come in there, you just, you don't attach yourself to any of them. You don't close off once, okay, oh, once I get here, I want to keep that there, right? That's, that's using the personal heart to make yourself feel whole and complete, which is where you can just keep it open and they merge. They just merge together. And that's the ultimate stage of enlightenment was that pure merger happens. There, and then there is no more personal heart. It's just, then it's just the state of consciousness that you're in. Yeah, and when you were describing it as feeling high, I was thinking like feeling lighter. Yes. Like there's just a an effortlessness about like, who you are, what you're doing. And I don't know, I think maybe most people have had glimpses of that. And then the work is to, it's, it's a practice, right? You just yeah. keep going back. You had a good uh, quote on here. One of them that talked about lightness of thought or 
Um, the Ravi Shankar. Yeah, maybe quote? that's what it was. The yeah. spiritual heart is a place of boundless love where all divisions and dualities disappear. Yeah. Yeah. She, he's the, so interesting to you. Yes. Um, the roomy one too, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. It's kind of like the same thing, kind of like in my head, how I see that is, you know, roomy, it's not about finding it with yourself. If you remove the barriers, you're in it. And that's the same thing. If you keep the heart, personal heart open, you're in it. There is no more searching to do, no more work to do because you're just in it. It doesn't mean it's going to go the way you want it to, like, but that doesn't even at that level though, it, it's not even a thought about how you want it to go. It's just, you're interacting with it. And that's why for, for so hard, it's so hard for people to grasp that because they're so going, well, how could it not be the way I want it to? Because your entire life, you've been trying to decide how you want it to be. And everyone tells you to go get it the way you want it to. But people that have gone past that go, well, it's not even about that. And they go, well, how is that even possible? Right? Like that's not even like, I, that's not even a world I want to live in. And it's, it's hard for really people to grasp because you are going, it, until you can get past that, right? Until you can see beyond that or experience beyond that and you go, oh, there is a whole other way to live your life. There's a whole other way to interact with life. And it's almost as if you're no longer living your life. It's almost as if you're giving life back to life and you're here for the ride. Actually, there's a, um, uh, one of the quotes um, talks about the, oh, it's this one. It's Thomas Merton, right? Um, where he said, we are so obsessed with doing that we have no time and no imagine left for being. As a result, men are valued not for what they are, but for what they do. Yet our being is more important than our doing. And it's kind of like, reminds me of that. It's like, once you stop the do, putting so much emphasis on the doing, then you fall back into being. And then again, it just kind of, and then you still do. It's not about not doership or doership. It's just about you fall back in that and things become undisguised. I wanted to ask you a question. Um, so one question is like, how long does it get, get take to get to the state where you're doing this 50% of the time, 80% of the time where you're actually staying open? Or is this like, is Michael's, is Michael Singer living in a state of complete openness all the time? Like where, for people who are just starting out on this journey or who have been yeah. on a while, but are just getting to this point, like where you're beginning to experience these things at deeper and deeper levels. Like at what point are you in the state of openness, the spiritual heart for most of the time? Yeah. I don't know how to answer that for anybody else. I mean, for me personally, it's, it's every day I take every moment and do everything I can to not be glued. Um, and I do not win every day, by the way. So I'm still every day I get glued or, you know, um, attached to the old patterns of doing things, right? Which is just, again, I get hit, something triggers me and I get attached to it. I think the difference um, in, in from speaking personally is how quickly does that affect me? How, I'm sorry. How quickly do I no longer allow it to affect me and allow it to release, which has gotten much faster. So it can be even... Now it's usually within minutes um, of something triggering me. And I find that I did that. I'm like, oh, right? Like, I, yes. And then I go, but I'm not going to beat myself about it because that's not what you want to do either. I'm not going to feel guilty about it. I can't change this. And so, okay, how do I then take the next right action? And that's what I always kind of remind myself to do, which is, well, regardless of how you act in the previous moment, there's nothing we can do. The only thing we can do is now act in the right action in accordance with the right way in the next moment. So then 
as quickly as I can, I release the energy that was built up. I relax around the energy to, to remove it. And then I act right into whatever that right action is of what's necessary. I think I, we, um, we talked about this before, but I was, uh, uh, just cause your life is such an interesting way of doing this. You know, I was coaching my son the other day and, um, we had gotten, I'd gotten some feedback from one of the other coaches that says, you know, Asher is not passing as much as he should. And that kind of triggered me. And that in itself triggered me and I tried to relax, but clearly I didn't do it. And this is a great example of storing something. So I thought I had kind of relaxed that, but it was on top of mine. And then Asher was at a practice and he's not passing and he's trying to go down there. And then I yell at him on the field to pass more, comes off the field crying. And so now I instantly was like, see, this is the great example of me not being able to handle what was shared to me. And as soon as it was shared with me, I thought I had released it, but I really didn't release it. And, and then it came out later on because it was bothering me that something could be bothering me about bothering me about something else somebody said. Mm-hmm. And then it just came out. And then I'm like, see, that's it. I actually explained this to Asher. So then as soon as it happened, I actually went up to the other guy. I'm like, see, this is exactly what happened. I actually explained it to the other coach what happened too. And, and uh, you know, and it was really nobody's intent for any of that. But I took that personally. Again, I did not allow that to move through me. And so there was a hint of it there. And it built up and then when it was there, it just, it came out for whatever reason. And so that's just a great example of, uh, in just an everyday life that I go, man, I have so much work. <laughs> it's just, like, and, and, you know, and so I always kind of measure that because there, no, there are no KPIs that way. Again, so it's quickly, how quickly can I recognize it? Then how quickly can I actually just say what I said to somebody else? Because if you, the minute you can be completely transparent and real about the situation that occurred, like I just shared that fully transparently then there is no more energy necessarily tied to it, right? So that's how fast you, or just you can release it as much as you can because you're then, then you're saying, okay, I'm not going to keep it. Maybe it came in there before. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do whatever I can to, again, pause, relax and release and get this out now. Yeah. I mean, it feels like there's thousands of opportunities every day there are to friends. do it, right? And I remember Ram, Ram Das saying, I mean, and he was clearly was very far along on his spiritual journey. And he would be, he told a story about how he was on, I think the radio once and the host was kind of grilling him and he could, he got caught and he started getting defensive, like on the air with this radio host. And then he looked, you know, he realized he was caught and started laughing and he was like, oh, I got caught. He actually saw it as his guru. He was like, oh, my guru is showing up in this circumstance to point, show me where I'm Mm. getting caught. And that was kind of his lens through which he viewed it through. But yeah. And so. It does diffuse the situation, by the way. The minute you can go, man, I just got caught in that situation where you just do it. That's what I, and they're like, yeah, like, and then everyone's energy drops, right? Because then you just, then you just, you actually just released it. Because mm. the minute you can kind of share it that way, you just released it. It's kind of, there's no different year. And everyone can probably experience this. You probably fought with your partner at some level. I don't, I mean, whatever a fight means in your world, right? An argument, a disagreement, whatever it is, built up energy, something. It doesn't have to be yelling or anything like that. But you just had, you, you felt that energy off of your partner. And then instantaneously, you walk in and you give your partner a hug, tell them you love them, and it just goes away. And it's just gone. That energy is there anymore because you've, you've done the best you can to release at least that part of the energy. And that's the work. That's the deep inner work that we get to do. And that's why, you know, if you didn't, you know, it's not about not having kids or coaching sports or anything like that. When you're not in life like that, it's not giving you those opportunities. And so in life and being in there gives you these wonderful opportunities every day to go, got that to work on. 
got that to work on, right? And that's and that's the goal. It's just then you just welcome it up. But you'll have um you everything will start to it just feels lighter more and more and more every single day. Even in the darkest times, like meaning that when things get really disturbed in there, regardless of what happens, there's still a lighterness to the disturbance. There's still an ability to recognize this isn't really who I am. And it gives you that little bit more clarity to keep pushing down that path. Um, so it's not about, again, it, whether you get caught or don't get caught, because I, I think a lot of people still do that are doing this work. It's just about doing the work. And as soon as you get caught, releasing it as fast as possible, you can, again, laughing at it, pointing it out, sharing it with your coaches, whatever it is, you know, going to your partner and being like, man, I, you know, I got angry, but really that was the ego showing up and I'm so sorry. And it was uncalled for and, you know, whatever it is that you're going to do and, and just bring it out there to the open. And that will help really take the next right action. It's really what we do. It's just a constant. It's kind of like what Oprah said. I always never forget when Oprah said that she's like, man, I've, and she's interviewed a lot of people in her life. And she was like, you know, this whole spiritual personal growth stuff is just so hard. When does it just get, I just want God to give me one day off. And she's like, yeah. but he won't or whatever it is. Right. She's yeah. like, it, it won't. Right. Like it's, and then, and, and I just remember that quote from it because it's true. Like it just doesn't really give you a day off. It's just showing you all the time of what the work to do is. There are a lot of moments that become more peaceful, but, and that's the ultimate path is that you just get lighter and lighter and lighter. Even in the midst of being disturbed, there's still a greater lightness and it becomes this process that just slithers away. Like when a snake first starts to, um, you know, shed its skin, there's still a lot of skin on in the beginning. It's got a lot of process to do. It takes days for, you know, weeks for a snake to shed its whole skin. The same thing I remember, um, I, I forget who said this, but they, they refer to the, the work in life as like sandpaper. It's like you're always constantly rubbing forward and smooth, hard, smooth, hard, smooth, hard. And that's kind of like the whole essence of leaning in life, which is like, it's like sandpaper. You're constantly going in different directions. One smooth and it's rough. One smooth and eventually though, the, the, whatever you're sanding actually ends up being smooth but in the whole process there becomes bigger smooth patches and then there can be bigger um rough patches because you're releasing more and more things but in, in total there happens to be a bigger area that becomes smooth. i love that too that each direction is helpful yes it is it's helpful